know, on the No Books Never Dark podcast, we always bring celebrities. And it's always, you know, when you get them on, it's really dope. And I'm very excited for this one celebrity to come on. Uh, she is crushing it in the game of music industry. She's toured in Europe. She's everywhere. And she's right in her own backyard. The next voice you'll hear is Michelle Blondell. Pandora's Box is a mod, vibrant, woman-owned, lifestyle boutique located in historic Federal Hill neighborhood of Baltimore, Maryland. Pandora's Box offers a unique selection of the latest trends, jewelry, gifts, home decor, and personal accessories. Their products are high quality, affordable price, and hand-picked with a sense of humor and authenticity, making them items that everyone can relate to. They are known for sourcing memorable and relevant keepsakes that allow customers to give from their hearts without the stress that comes with doing so. You can count on Pandora's Box to help you select and package the perfect gift. Visit Pandora's Box at 50 East Cross Street, Baltimore, Maryland, 21230. Website, pandorasboxboutique.com. All social media handles at Shop Pandora's Box Boutique. No Picks After Dark is sponsored by Snug Books, an independent bookstore serving Northeast Baltimore and beyond. In addition to featuring new books for all ages, the store also carries cards, stationery, gifts, games, and more. Visit snugbooks.com to shop online, learn more about the store, read our latest newsletter, and find a calendar of events, or come browse the store in person. Snug Books is located at 4717 Harford Road, next to Zeke's Coffee in Hamilton, Laurelville. There is free parking behind the store, and open hours are Tuesday through Sunday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. OpenWorks is Baltimore's largest makerspace, offering access to tools ranging from 3D printers to welder, and training in how to use them. OpenWorks also offers affordable studio space, a coffee shop, and fun-free events throughout the year. But OpenWorks is more than a public workshop. It's a community of creative professionals, students, seniors, entrepreneurs, and makers of all kinds. Check out the website at www.openworksbmore.org or Instagram at open underscore works underscore bmore for class schedules, membership options, and more. Folks, we are back at the No Picks After Dark podcast. I'm so excited for this show. It is going to be wild. Miss Shelby, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Hey, I'm chilling. I'm happy to be here with you. I'm excited to be here. This is your show. <laughs> hey, this is all about you in no, Baltimore, man. No, listen, this is your show. I always tell people that when you come on the show, it is your. I'm just, I'm just a guest of my own show. Well, I'm just happy to be here and be, you know, be talking with She you has today. a guitar. You just missed the jam session she was playing right before. She was playing some Eminem. She wanted me to freestyle, bring back my old rap name hey, from her said, college. Who said the jams have to stop, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So tell us a little bit about you. I mean, so our listeners can know who you are. 
Yeah, you know, and it's funny. I always say I'm a songwriter, singer, and then I throw an inventor on the end of that. Uh, but songwriter, singer, songwriter first, because to me, it's it's all about the stories. It's all about telling a story and trying to be a light and having an impact. Because for me, um, you know, music has always kind of been one of those things that has helped to carry me through, you know, storytelling and trying to be that light for other people. Um, I actually grew up in hospitals. I had brain surgeries growing up. So for me, um, there's been a lot of people who have kind of helped carry me through life, uh, even to this day, you know, and uh, that's one thing that I try to do with my music and everything that I do, you know, it's, it's if a song can touch someone's life or even just smiling at someone on the street, like that's what it's all about, you know, it's, I love it's, it. You know, that's, I, I think, why we're here. I'm know? like fanboy over here, like, oh, I need an autograph before we get out of here. Because, I mean, you are doing some amazing things. Um, tell us, you grew up in the Baltimore area. Um, do you, what is your memory of first touching an instrument, like your first time touching a guitar? You know, it's funny. My first instrument was actually violin. Ooh. I sadly do not play it anymore. I want to. I would, I would love to pick that back up. But, uh, yeah, violin was my first in instrument. And when I was about five is when I, when I picked, first picked that up. But music was all around in my house. My dad played bass, and he was in a bunch of Baltimore bands growing up. And uh, then I, I, didn't, I picked up guitar when I was about nine. And, um, and then in high school is when I really started learning the, the power of songwriting and storytelling and how you can really just connect with people on an emotional level and just, you know, find that, that way to touch someone's life and, and help kind of have a positive impact. I love that. I love it. So like you grew up in a household of musicians. That's dope. Like, okay. So can I tell you the only thing I played in school, like grade school? You're going to laugh at me. A recorder. I was like, doo -doo 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 -doo, my little recorder. And I was like, I think I can learn how to play a flute. And my parents were like, we're not paying. I was like, you really don't love the flute. And what happened was my cousin would play the flute. And I was like, let me try. And I had like, I was like, oh, yeah, I can't do this. I love it. I mean, I'm telling you, a good flute player, like flute, trumpet, sax, like all those instruments, I love it. Ah, really? I mean, I'm, I think you might have to break it out. I would love to get a flute on a song. <laughs> you, is it somewhere? No, just, I, no, no, no. This is just, I'm going to go no. run somewhere and get you on. <laughs> do another, we have to do another interview soon. We're going to have to. Bring the flute. We're going to have to. What about, now, okay, violin. So, like, like. How did we, so violin, was that your choice or was that like your parents' choice? It They're was, like, you need to learn this instrument. Because I've always heard like certain instruments, if you learn how to play that one, you can play all of them. My older sister played violin um, and that's kind of what sparked it. I wanted, I loved it. I loved watching her play and I wanted to be, I wanted to be like her. I wanted to play violin. Um, and that's kind of what sparked me to want to pick it up. Um, but I did not like the rehearsal aspect of things. <laughs> I hated lessons, you know? Uh-huh. Um, and it was with piano, too. You know, after violin, rehearsing didn't go so well. Doing lessons didn't go so well. I was not, you know, practicing. I didn't do it. <laughs> so then my parents were like, all right, maybe piano. Same thing. You know, it was, I, did, I was not good with the practicing, you know? Go home, do these things. It didn't happen. I never did it. <laughs> um, but then it was like with guitar, I didn't do lessons. So it was, I was, you know finding different ways on my own with other people, teaching myself, learning from other people without a lesson format. And I think that's what kind of helped us get me into it. All right, you gonna give uh, us a little strum real quick? You said you said- I mean, yeah. Or I don't know, maybe this is better.
always with me. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm sitting here like, wow. Wow, and you self-taught pretty much. Yeah, there were, I mean, you know, my dad played. There were a couple of other people. My brother-in-law played. Um, and just with music being all around, it was just there were people around that kind of taught little things and, Ooh. you know. Um, it was it was nice to have to have that, and then YouTube was a great resource as well. well. YouTube, I mean uh -huh. YouTube. Without YouTube, I wouldn't know how to change my plumbing and my faucet and sink. And <laughs> I'm not gonna sit here and be like, I'd be like YouTube. If it ain't on YouTube, it doesn't exist. Exactly, it does right? not exist. So, you know, you and I had coffee before we talked. You said, you know, you started playing like guitar. It was like like high school. Right. You kind of started finding your niche and like finding out like you. You're like, I think I got some. Yeah. So like, what, what was the support system behind you? Like the family, friends, parents, how was that? Yeah, it was good. I mean, in high school, um, a lot of friends actually kind of pushed me to, to really start performing. Um, in high school, I started kind of getting together this fundraiser called Concert for a Cure. And I had other bands uh, coming to play for this thing. And at that point, I was kind of writing and beginning songwriting and dabbling in that a little bit. And I had some friends kind of pushing me to kind of say like, hey, why don't you play this thing? Um, and that was my first kind of thing at that. And a bunch of family came out to that. Friends were there for that. Um, so that was really a huge support for me. Uh, and everyone still to this day is really, really supportive. And it's been really fun watching that system grow. Um, you know, and now, you know, I've got nieces and nephews and cool seeing, you know, their friends come out and, you know, I have siblings seeing their friends come out and um, in-laws, you know, friends and families come out. Um, it's it's cool seeing all that grow and just seeing how music can really just transpose over. It's a language that it's universal, you know. As, I mean, I call music the love language of the world. Like, I just feel like it's just everybody falls in love with music. It and it can be any type of genre, you know. Like, I mean, I remember growing up, I was a big Green Day Nirvana fan. Oh, yeah. Um, before Kurt Cobain passed away, God bless his soul. I used to love Nirvana. I think the coolest thing I've ever seen on TV is still to this day, I don't know if anything has ever beat this, is MTV Unplugged Nirvana. That probably was oh, one of the man. dopest things I've ever seen. And the guy playing the guitar, and he's just like, I never, I can't remember, maybe his bass drum on the left or right. I can't remember who it was. But the dude was so amazing, and I was just like, you know, because Dave Grohl was the drummer, okay. wasn't he? Drummer for I think he was, I think he was drummer for Nirvana. But it's just Nirvana was my group. Oh man! Like I loved Nirvana, and then I got into Dave Matthews a little bit. Oh, and, I loved Dave. And Satellite, you know, just oh, yeah. the was the blue and yellow disc. I'm oh, I'm outdating myself, folks. I'm it's talking okay. about CD CD players. You know, you didn't want to scratch that hey, CD. Hey, I mean, player. I've got to say, I mean, <laughs> streaming is great because you can listen to whatever you want whenever you want to. But listening to like this a CD, the quality that comes from that is incredible. But in, in vinyl, I ooh, you going vinyl? Yeah, I love, I love some vinyl. So, and I always ask every guest this: What is your favorite childhood memory? It could be anything. I don't know about favorite, but there are a lot of random ones that stick out. <laughs> and as we were talking earlier, there was one, I mean, it's summertime. So there's, um, there's a really random one that sticks out to me. And it's when we had our pool drained. Okay. Okay. <laughs> sounds strange, right? Well, you you, this, okay. Right? I'm following it's, you. It's, it's strange. Uh, <laughs> we had a, um, you know, there's like a, almost would look like a slide, right? We had our pool drain. We had to get all the liner changed. Okay. So we just literally, we used it as like a giant slide on the, the part where the shallow end would change into the deep end. Ooh. Super fun. And I don't know why, 
But like, it's a long drop, right? Um, <laughs> but it's a really random thing to no. think that would be a fun childhood memory. Um, but it was. But it's your childhood memory. Yeah, That's what know? makes it cool. That's what makes like I was telling you, I would go ride my BMX bike, and I was like, really cool. I mean, come on, this is like I was an '80s kid, so nobody wore helmets. <laughs> like you were like, hey, everybody. <laughs> that's what it was. So now I look around, like I wear a helmet because I do wear one now. But that's yeah. just, but I like that. So that's yeah. definitely a cool childhood memory. Well, and I think all those things, it's like doing the fun, like outdoor stuff, like yeah. being a kid, like being out playing with friends and and doing all that. Whatever happened like, to that? I know, right? Remember hanging out, you know, the kids, your friends, and like hanging outside, and outside was like the thing to be. It was. Now they're inside playing on their computer. Well, that's a whole different story for a different day. <laughs> but I love hearing that story. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about touring Europe. This, she tells me this crazy story that it blows my mind. I have told 10 other friends the story. I probably muted, I probably like messed it all up several times, but she talks about the story about going to Europe, how she got how this guy randomly was like, hey, let's go tour. And she went on tour, which is really dope. Talk about her traveling, playing. She's always on, I saw her interviews on Fox and in DC and everywhere. So again, it's an honor for me to have you on the show because you were so cool and you're doing amazing things. Want to take us out on a cool little beat before we our break? Uh, uh, just a beat or you want to? Whatever you want. Oh, you know. Times like it's dark, the pain's too grave. See through to brighter days, but when you're lost, no, you'll be found out here. You say, hey, it'll be okay. When you give to United Way, your gift could be the first spark of something bigger. It can help provide nutritious food for a family in need. Because eating healthy shouldn't be a luxury. It can help someone with housing challenges and be a catalyst for a new beginning. Because a safe space to call home is the foundation for building a better future. Give today. Spark something bigger. The No Picks After Dark podcast is fueled by Zeke's Coffee. Have you tried their coffee yet? I'm telling you, there's something different about it. Maybe it's because they roast their beans in a fluid coffee roaster, which provides the most accurate roasting temperatures and made with love. You will just have to check it out for yourself and try their delicious food while you're at it. Open now for curbside service, online ordering, carry out, and they also do wholesale. Visit Zeke's Coffee at 4719 Hartford Road, open Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m., and Sunday, 8 to 5 p.m. Kitchen closes at 3 p.m., or visit Zeke'sCoffee.com, and you too can be fueled by Zeke's. The No Picks After Dark podcast is proudly partnered with Maggie's Farm. Located at 4341 Hartford Road, Maggie's Farm offers a unique dining experience with delicious handcrafted cocktails and mouth-watering cuisine. From falafels to scallops and everyone's favorites, honey sriracha cauliflower wings. Open for dinner from 4 p.m. until 10 p.m., Tuesday through Saturday, and for brunch, 
Saturday from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. and Sunday from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. with delectable chicken and waffles, shrimp and grits, biscuits and gravy, and more. Check out Maggie's Farm on Instagram and Facebook for daily and weekly food specials. And folks, we are back at the No Picks of Dark podcast. I mean, we're having an amazing show today. I'm very excited with my special guest. I mean, she she sung us out. Michelle Blondell, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So let's talk about you. You are oh, gosh. doing... Talk to the show. It's about you. It's about you today. It's about every day. It's just about you. But we're going to talk about you touring. You've known you, So you knew you had something in high school. What happened at the high school where it just like took you start moving to the next level of just being an artist and musician? Right. So I um, I stayed in Baltimore after high school. I, I started playing around Baltimore. I started doing openings for national acts that came through Maryland, D.C., Virginia. Yeah, Maryland, D.C., Virginia, Pennsylvania. Um, I was opening for um, – I did some openings for like Howie Day, He Is We. Um, and then uh, I went to University of Baltimore. I stayed in town and I studied entrepreneurship and uh, continued to, to do the music thing. And, uh, and that kind of just continued to open doors. And um, that's kind of how, how that continued to happen. So what would you say was the breakthrough show when people started noticing your talents? Like, like where people are like, the area or the, the DMV, and they're like, wow, like she got some stuff going on. Like, what was that moment? I think there was, um, you know, that'd be an interesting question to ask uh, on my Instagram page, Ooh. what shows uh, people started following me at or what, what hit them. But, um, you know, I think one of the shows that I can remember, um, there was a show at uh, Auto Bar. And I don't remember the year, but I do remember I played with, there was a band called He Is We that I played at Autobar, and I believe it was the summer after my senior year of high school. Okay. It was like between my senior year of high school and the start of college. And I think that was when I first kind of really realized like, oh, okay, I think this is this is it. It was like with He Is We and the band The Scene Aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was after that where things just kind of started to take off. I like that. I like now. Take you're in, so you're 19, 20 years old. You're navigating the musical space. At this point, do you have an agent, or are you just run, run, run you're rolling solo? Yeah. So I, I've to this day still been doing, um, you know, the emails, the booking, the composing, uh, all of that on my own. There's promoters. There's other people that you know I know and help and contact me for things, but really my own agent. Um, and that's, that's one of those reasons why I, um, you know, did the, the programs that I did. Cause I wanted to learn all of those things. I wanted to learn the back end way of, of the, the business side of things. Uh, I've always been passionate about entrepreneurship businesses and, and, you know, local, local things. And, um, it's been fun for me to kind of know how to do those back-end things, you know, the contracts so, and the booking. I love, you're onto something really, you're, you're onto something big time right here. So, because a lot of entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs listen to the show. How did you just, how do you juggle the business side 
and entertainment. So like, I mean, I know they're one and they're all combined, but how do you, like, how many hours do you normally put aside for just the business? Because I think that's the hardest part. People love what they do, but they don't really understand the business side. It is tough, and it's hard to say how many hours because it's kind of always on, you know, kind of always being, you know, on doing something in some capacity, you know, during the, you know, during the week is more so the business side of things, you know, because um, there's there's kind of two sides of Shelby Blondell, right? There's the the music side of things, and on the weekends, that's maybe more so the performance side of things where either me or the band is doing in the summertime the festivals and all of that, or, you know, during the week maybe is more so the openings for national acts. Um, but then also on um, the Scheller side of things, um, you know, there's a lot of the business end of things for that too that happens during the day of the week, you know, um, or, you know, vendor fairs happen on weekends, but those are on the morning sides of weekends. Mm. Um, but you know, that's a lot of emails and calls and driving around to do things. Um, but it's all fun. You know, when you love what you do, it's, um, it's, it's fun because you meet cool people. You know? I love it. I love hearing it. I'm taking like folks, you don't even know. I'm taking mental notes. Like this is really good. Cause I always learn from different entrepreneurs. You guys have, everybody has their own methods and ways they do things. Right. And we just really appreciate you giving us some little insight behind the curtain so yeah. we can find out a little bit more. You, you mentioned a little thing, another business. Hold up. You mentioned, <laughs> you, you just can't just throw it out there. Well, and the guest said, you know, we got, you know, people are like, what are you talking about? Well, you know, you got to keep them on the edge, the you know? Let's talk about that. What's that about? All right. So, I mean, we are in Baltimore. Yes. But, uh, yeah, so I've got this uh, invention out, and I don't know if anyone listening uh, has, has one or has heard of it. Um, but yeah, I've got, uh, in 2017, I started inventing something and it's out. It's called a sheller. It's a, a flat stainless steel mallet picker and bottle opener. So it's a, a crab mallet seafood multi-tool. Um, I make them here in Maryland, um, cause it's a very Maryland tool, but people have been kind of buying them all over the U S. Um, I now have a patent on it. Um, and it's been, thank you. Thank you. Gotta give, gotta give, give uh, the flowers. Gotta give them the flowers. It's, uh, it's been fun. It's, um, you know, I mean, I'm a Maryland girl. I, I travel and do all that, but I'm, I'm a Maryland girl. I'm not, I'm not leaving here, you know, where and can we find it? Uh, Etsy, Amazon, uh, you know, you can come out. I'm actually, you know, it, it's always fun when you find, uh, me online at, you know, Instagram and Facebook, the Sheller and see where I am at festivals or fairs. It's always fun to see people in person too. Uh -huh. Um, okay. But yeah, online, Etsy and Amazon, it's on there, but it's, it's the sheller. Uh, but it's a lot of fun, you know? It's Crabs are all about the memories and the people and the stories that are told. I know we were talking earlier, you know, when you're eating crabs, you're not on your phone. You're not touching your eyes and your face or, you know, doing anything. And you don't get full off eating crabs. Right, exactly it's right. The memories with, with family and friends. And Thank you for sharing that with us. I really appreciate that. So let's talk about touring. <clears throat> How'd you end up in Europe? Like, tell us about that. That could be, tell us a little story about that. Cause I remember I heard that story and I was like, wow, that's wild. Well, I, you know, I do think, you know, God puts people in your life mm. and, um, you know, faith is a big, big thing for me. And I think, you know, moments and things happen when you least expect them. Right. So I had, uh, the bands and I were playing at a place called Blues Alley in DC. And, you know, I always love, um, talking to the crowd, you know, 
everything's professional, but you know, you gotta, you gotta be, have fun. And, you know, we shouted out and asked everyone, you know, you know, where are people coming from? You know, you're in DC and someone shouted out that they were from London. And I kind of joked like, oh, okay. And he was like, no, really. And someone happened to be there from London and talked to him after. And he kind of said like, oh, I'll bring you out to, you know, you should tour here sometime. We'll bring you out. Yeah, we'll see about this. And it, you know, it kind of came, came through, you know, um, and it was just, you know, all the right things kind of happened. And, you know, it ended up being an, an 11 day, nine, sh you know, it was 11 days total, Netherlands and London. Um, and uh, it was just an incredible time um, being there and, um, you know, different shows and at churches and restaurants and different house shows and different venues, um, an experience that, you know, was interesting because um, the year before my song Fun in the Sun was actually on the European charts. So it was fun kind of having that happen a little bit before and then this kind of being. Fun in the Sun, are we going to play it? Or can we I'm, hear it? I mean, I can. A little bit. Snip it. A little snip it. A little snip it. Little fun in the sun, a little sand in my tan, a little you and me walking in bare feet, trying to hold on to my hand. Standing there with that sleek brown hair, when you took it off that giant, he wiped that straight phone scare. Well, you come my high as you walked on back, grabbed me away from a stage. Walking some clay, a little fun in the sun, a little sand in my tan, little you and me walking in bare feet, trying to hold to my head. Could read my mind, you would have grabbed me from the side, looked into my eyes, whispered a note, took control and sang. Wow. 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 Folks. Woo! I was waiting for the flute. Oh, the flute. I'm telling you, I'm going to bring no, it with next me time. next time. Next time. Next time. Next time. We're going to have a jam session next You're going to make a recorder sound cool. <laughs> Thank you. I know there's someone out there who can. I think that's what we got to do. We if there's do. someone out there who knows how to make a recorder sound awesome, please send us a message. Please do. Please do. I want you on stage. Uh-oh. There we go. You heard it out there, folks. Heard it out there. So <laughs> you said earlier in the interview that you did a national, you were, you came out for a national headliner. Like, how does that even happen? Like, how does it even, like, I mean, you're, you're so you don't have a PR person, you don't have this, but how does that even happen where you're like, I'm opening up for somebody big. Like, I mean, I can only imagine. I'd be like, ah, oh, about like, how did that feel? What do you take away from that experience so that you could build on that, onto that? Yeah, and so um, there's been a couple different ones that, like, really just hit home. You know, there's a lot of artists who really inspire me. So, you know, I love, like, you know, Jack Johnson, Sarah Bareilles, Howie mm. Day, you know. And I grew up, you know, with that, you know, the Backstreet Boys, Ryan Cabrera. <laughs> so it really hit home for me when I, you know, I, I played with Ryan Cabrera and wow. O-Town and Howie Day. So... Um, it, a really cool experience for me was when I opened for Howie Day and he came up to me and introduced himself to me and said, hey, are you Shelby? 
because I was opening for him. He knew that I was the opening act. So there's there's certain experiences like that that are really um, just kind of humbling and like breathtaking and like you know it's just like you realize we're all people. We're all doing it. We're doing. We're performing, sharing stories, and doing what we love. Um, all for the same reasons, and it's just to, to touch people's lives and be in these these positions. Um, it's a really interesting place to be. <laughs> right, that's dope, though. Like they come up. At least I mean, he came up and said, "What's up? How are you? Are you? You know, what I mean, that's pretty cool that he acknowledged. That's that's really yeah. cool. So, like, when you go for this these national audiences and whatnot, is everything set up for you when you get there? Like, it's just is it like? I don't got to set up any mics. It's just there. Or do you have to bring your own mics? How does that all work out? Some of it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, um, yes. Sound and stuff is normally set up. You know, you bring your, your instruments. Do you have a special <laughs> mic that you always bring with you? You know, not always. Really? Yeah. So it's funny. Yeah. I always, when I do a podcast interview with somebody else's show, I always bring my own mic. Really? Because I sound better in that mic. You know what's yours? Right. Right, like, I don't know. I think, you know what it always reminds me of, like, this is going to sound really crazy. So I, I love watching the Jackson 5 movie. And there was a scene oh, in there where him and Diana Ross are singing, going back and forth. And they're like, you better not give Michael that 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 mic that he won't ever give back to Diana. And he, I just remember him having that mic and never didn't want to give back to Diana Ross. They were singing Reach Out and Touch Someone's Hand. And they were singing that song. And I'm like, yo, when I bring my mic, I just don't want anybody else touching that mic. Like, I want to bring it. I know how I sound. I know how it's going to be clear. Yeah. And precise, yep. you know. Yep, and that's why you know when we do, um, you know, doing sound checks and stuff, it's like you get everything perfect and just right, and then it's like at that point you're like, don't touch anything, don't, don't you dare, <laughs> like, like don't even touch any knob, don't don't do anything. Like wow. it's like you don't even want to put the guitar down. Mm -hmm. What's it gonna do? Right. <laughs> like, now, how many albums or records do you have out right now, presently? Yeah, so I've got. Two albums, okay. but what I've learned is after I did that, the second album that I, that I put out, I stopped doing albums, and instead I just put out singles. Mm. Um, and Why I started this trend of just singles and videos and just started releasing more content more frequently. Um, while I like albums, I've realized that the the attention span of listening to a full album <laughs> isn't necessarily there. And I, I'm guilty of it. You know, when someone puts out a full album, I don't necessarily give, you know, I don't give what should be given to a full album. You know, see, I always artists, wonder that. Yeah, artists. Uh, so much time and effort goes into music. Right. You know, even just one song. You know, and I think you know. People, some people realize that some songs take more effort than others. Um, but I think sometimes full albums, it's just, you know, things get bypassed. Right. Skipped. Yeah. Now, as an artist, <clears throat> do you sit on treasure troves of music that you recorded already? Or are you kind of like, I'm not in the mood to create right now. Like, I got I got to be in a vibe. Like, you know, like, like, like for me, when I do these episodes... I do a Trevor's, I, I, I record, 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 record. And then I go back and I don't listen to it for like two weeks. And then I start mm -hmm. listening to them all. And then I'm like, all right, yeah, yeah we're going to put this in this order. We're going to drop this one this mm -hmm. week. 
how do you, what is your method behind doing things? Not too far off from yours. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes it's different every time though. Um, sometimes I'll give things a little bit longer, you know, and I think we all need a little bit of space. Sometimes you can't listen to everything all at once. And when you're working on something, you need that headspace to give yourself some time to step away from it, you know? And it's funny, you know, every time I work with someone who I'm recording with or the band, they always laugh because I hate listening to myself. I hate it. I'm, really? And hate's a strong word. I shouldn't say that. I dislike listening. Dislike listening to yourself. Okay. I dislike listening to myself. You know, I'll, we'll listen back to something, and I'm always like, oh, turn my vocals down. They're like, well, then that would be, you wouldn't be in the song. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I just um, I think it's just, I think a lot of artists might feel similarly. There's just, you know, there's just, I think it's also that thing where you just need to maybe take a step away from it and then just give yourself some space to... Uh, yeah, I won't listen. I won't listen to this for two weeks. Yeah. Just because I don't want to hear it. Like I, because then I'll be hypercritical of everything. If I take two weeks away from it, I'm like, oh wow, that was okay, okay, okay. I, I, I'll give myself grace on that. Like, all right, you know. And it's the things that I might like or dislike, the listener might like it. So that's how I think of it. You know. I, and I know, like that you said that with with giving yourself grace on it. Because I think especially as a creative, you have to do that. Because yeah. you're, uh, as a as a creative in in any form, right. you know, you're giving so much of yourself, you know, so much authenticity, and um, I think that's what's the most important thing about being a creative, and I think that's why people follow someone, um, because then they can see themselves in them, um, you know, in some way, even if it's not fully, it's like a piece is cool right yeah i i really just honestly like i look at creatives and i've seen people get burnt out quickly and i never like i've i honestly have taken off a month and a half of recording and it felt great it felt great not to think about it but now i'm back on my grind like i'm like all right let's go let's go let's go i'm, yeah. ref I'm refreshed you know talking with you it's refreshing because you're yeah. a creative, you're an artist, you, and so it's just like really refreshing to do this. And so like, what do you have coming up for us? I mean, this is coming out probably is September, October time oh, period. Yeah. Okay. I, I like, this. so what, what, what do you got things coming on futuristic? I know oh, man. you might not know, but like maybe this, late September, early October. Oh, yeah. Going on? There is a ton of new music coming out. Uh, okay. We, in, in January and February, I had the band, back in the studio recording some new stuff, you know, COVID kind of shut some stuff down with being able to be in the studio. Right. So during COVID, I actually recorded a live album outdoors in a field Dope. because I was like, we can't be in the studio doing something different. Just going right. to record an acoustic live album outdoors, had a video team come out, did that. That was fun. I loved it so much because it got a bunch of different creatives on board too. Cause there was a videographer, a photographer. Um, but then in January and February, it was like, all right, can, get back in the studio a little mm -hmm. bit, kind of safely. We can all still be in little kind of glass boxes the studio away if That's we need crazy. to. <laughs> um, and so there's new music coming out from that. And then there was some music that right before everything shut down, I started to record in the studio that had to get put on hold. Mm. So, um, so there's like eight new songs that are like almost ready to come out. And I'm still going to kind of release them in spurts too. So it'll just be really a lot more frequently of new music coming out 
Um, but also September, October is prime time, all the festivals and things. So a lot of shows and fun things coming up. Uh, solo dates, band dates. Are you going to do uh, Fells Point Festival by chance? I don't know. I will be there with the Sheller. Okay. Um, but I do have a lot of shows around that time. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Exclusive. She's, uh, she can't break. <laughs> she can't tell us yet. But yeah, we... I will be. The, I will be at Fells Point Festival with the Sheller. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not 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 rocking out, huh? No, okay. Not. Okay. I will right. not be rocking out at the Fells Point Festival, but there are. And off the top of my head, um, I don't know all the dates, but on on shelbyblondell.com, there are some dates up mm. that are released. Um, also on the Scheller page, there are some dates, uh, on there as well as to where I will be for things for that. So I love, I love it. I'm, I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm a fan here. So what would you want people to think about after you hear this interview? Like what do they, what do you want them to walk away with after this interview? Hope. We're doing a one word thing. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Hope. I like that. You know, I think, well, you know, I mean, um, you know, hope, joy. I love it. Finding something they love to do. I love it. You know? Um, yeah, I think I think uh one thing that I really love about what you do is that you bring so many different people together. You know, it's creatives, it's people in different worlds. And I think that's one thing that's really important in life is finding different people who you may not know that you can connect with or you have Mm -hmm. similarities with. Um, And I think that's one thing that people maybe don't do enough, you know, and it can be as simple as sharing a smile on the street, you know, which was harder when we all had masks on all the time, but you can smile with your eyes. It's possible. (laughs) You know, someone's smiling under there. Um, But yeah, I mean, even if it's as simple as smiling at someone today, but uh, yeah. Finding those little things in life that bring you joy. I think uh, I think that's important. Love that. I love that. Yeah. So, always do speed round with every guest. All right, let's do it. We're not gonna, some are, questions are controversial. Uh, but that's all right, though. But I, oh, there, man. there is a surprise question I didn't, I didn't, uh, I haven't told you yet. Then. Oh gosh, always I'm not the, good with these. You know, you know how bad I, I am with all these these quick questions. This is fun. Can, this I'm is gonna fun. say speed no round. answer, maybe. All right, let's. Oh, see. there's no, there's no comment. Okay, all, all right, right. All here right. we go. Here we go. Crabs or crab cakes? Oh, crabs. All right. Chicken wings, flats or drums? Don't eat chicken. Okay, okay, okay. All right, all right. No, nothing's wrong with that. Okay, can we go with like a seafood option? Okay, okay seafood we option. We did crabs. No, no, we can well, do seafood see. option. We could do seafood. Okay, we could do tuna or salmon. Oh, salmon. Okay. Oh, that was easy. Okay, that, okay. I mean, That's, I'll take both though. We'll if we both. have like a seafood okay. combo option. All right. All right. Sounds so good. We, we can work Not with hungry. that. All right. <laughs> What's your favorite flavor of Doritos if you eat Doritos? Oh, the chili. We'll see. The spicy. Mm. I don't even remember what it's called, but it's like the chili. Not the Cool Ranch? I mean, the Cool Ranch is good, but if you have the option <laughs> of the, the blue bag, the purple bag, yeah. the chili, that's, it's, I think it's purple. It is I know, purple. I know the I know, color of the bag. It is purple, yes. Yeah. yeah. See? Purple All right. chili bag. Snowballs or ice cream? Snowballs. Okay, we're good. We're back, yeah. we're back in good terms here. Oh, yeah. Do you prefer winter or summer? Summer. Why is that? I like the warmth. I don't want it to be too hot, but I feel like I love, um, like in the morning of summer, like being able to sit outside, have some coffee at night. I feel like you can still sit outside, but also just, I love being outside, you know, like being on, people are just, I feel like happier, nicer to each other as well, maybe in the Mm. summer and you're outdoors, you know, in the winter. Um, I I don't like being cold. (laughs) 
<laughs> You're a seafood lover, right? Yes, I'm a seafood okay. lover. Oysters or mussels? Oysters. Okay. Okay. Do yeah. you like them steamed or do you like um, raw? Just raw. I'll do. I'll do both. Okay. I'll do both. Okay. Yeah. Depends how hungry I am. Uh, if I'm super hungry, I'll go with raw so I can eat faster. Right. Good call. Good call. Good call. Yeah. And what is the best advice you've ever received? I'm going to change that and say something that I like to give. Okay. Um, and I think it's a little bit that I think some people um, is to look at life as to not find it as what's a success and what's a failure. Because everything is a success if you figure out how to learn from it. Nice. Because as long as you're growing and figuring out how you can continue on and do something a little bit differently to get to the, the goal that you wanted to get to, even though you maybe didn't get to it in the way that you wanted to, I think that's always a success if you can figure out how to continue on. Nice, nice. Where can we find you on social media? All right. So at Shelby Blondell uh, on Instagram, shelbyblondell.com, uh, Facebook, Shelby Blondell. We're, we're missing one. Come on. You're not on TikTok yet? Uh, I am on TikTok. Come on. I am on TikTok, <laughs> but I don't advertise it because I don't use TikTok. And I feel like that's controversial by me saying that. So I'm sorry to everyone listening. Go- hey, uh, listen, I'm not going to say anything, but... Uh, TikTok, TikTok, that's what people do now. I, mean, I, I know. know, but it goes back I do, to what I you make said, reels though. on Instagram. I feel like, the same I don't thing. mean, you know, the it's the same thing. thing. I should just share them all on TikTok it's and be done thing. with it. It's you all know? the same thing. Yeah. But, you, but that, something you said earlier in the interview was people have short time spans. They don't look, they listen, and it makes sense putting out singles because TikTok is this prime yeah. example yeah. of that. And did you know, random crazy fact, most kids nowadays, Google, is not, Google has been replaced by TikTok. People, people look for research on TikTok, then Googling it. I'm, <laughs> I'm baffled. Well, think about it. Think about the new generation. They don't Google. Yeah. Everything's on TikTok. How do you cook food? How do you cook this? How do you cook that? TikTok has there. that. It's all there. Gosh, I love Google. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yes, we do. We do. We do but it's younger Did generation. we just age ourselves? Shh, don't tell anybody. Oh, man. It's there. What a dope interview. We're, we're, we're going to do a second interview, folks. I'm going to let you know. We're going to get my camera guy a second interview. We're going to make it happen. But oh, I'm this down. is the first one. And I'm glad we've become a good friendship. I really I appreciate it. your time. And, folks, we're going to go out with some music. And then that's it. Thank you, Michelle. Well, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank it was you. a pleasure. Looking forward to uh, coming back again. We're going to do it again. All right. All right. I'm going to sing us out. Let's do it. Every time I go, I keep wondering back, wondering why I ever went away. Searching for words, always been here. Maybe, maybe it's filled me with fear. Belief in the unknown, well, I know there's home. Look well, I know there's hope. Never
love, peace, and happiness. We out. The No Picks After Dark podcast is fueled by Carver Communications, where we turn water into wine. What do successful companies like Nike and Microsoft have in common? They all have full-service public relations departments that fuel every aspect of their business. Bill Gates has repeatedly said, if I had one last dollar, I would spend it on PR. Smart business owners and executives understand that to grow their businesses and their brands, they need PR. That's where Carver PR comes in. Carver PR is one of the most premier PR agencies located in Washington, D.C. They handle media relations, marketing, branding, corporate strategy, and crisis. With 25 years in the communication field, they are well-versed in every area of business you can imagine. Political, entertainment, corporate, and nonprofit communications. Go to their website and check them out, therealcarver.com, or reach out to them now at therealcarver at gmail.com.